Bruce Wilkinson said this, Imagine what your life will look like when you have broken the bondage of fear. Another person said this, It is never safe to look into the future with eyes of fear. Andrew Jackson said, Never take counsel from your fears. A Moorish proverb says this, He who is afraid of a thing gives it power over him. Job said, The thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And so we're in a series called I Choose. And this morning, I want to bring a message to you called I Choose Faith Over Fear. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to speak to us through your word and by your spirit. I know, Lord, that this message will hit home. Lord, show us things that we've not seen in verses we've looked at for years and years. May the eyes of our hearts be flooded with light and our spirits be strengthened. And we be encouraged today in the Lord. And we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So open your Bibles this morning to Mark, the fourth chapter. We're going to look at the sower soweth the word. Jesus is bringing the word. And he tells us the different kind of ground that the word falls upon. In verse 14, it says, The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but they don't have any root in themselves. And so they only endure, but just for a brief period of time. But afterward, when affliction and persecution ariseth, for what? It arises for the word's sake, and then they get offended. Okay? In verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things entering in and choke the word, and the word becomes unfruitful. Now this is us, verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground. Your good ground. Such as hear the word and receive it. And bring forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now dropping down to verse 35. We notice in verse 35 and 36. And the same day. The same day that he brought this glorious message on the sower sows the word. And the same day when evening was come. He said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. So this is the word of the Lord to them. When the Lord gave them that word, it also empowered them to go from point A to point B. Amen? Whenever the word of the Lord comes to you, you can know this, that it will enable you to do what he says in his word. Amen? Let's pass over to the other side. And when they sent the multitude away, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. Now I want you to notice in verse 37, it's very interesting because we just noticed earlier in that chapter that persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake. Now notice immediately, and there arose a great storm of wind. What was that designed to do? That was designed to steal the word that was sown in their heart, which says, let us go unto the other side. 
And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into that ship so that it was now full. How many of you know that the enemy is not just going to sit by while you go to the other side? There are some things that we need to do. There are some places we need to go. But there's also an enemy that walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And his number one way of devouring us is by taking and stealing the word out of our hearts. Amen? Now, these disciples were exactly where they were supposed to be. Just because a storm arises in your life does not mean that you're a bad person. It does not mean that you have missed God. It means that we have an enemy. Amen. His name is Satan, but he is under our feet. Storms come to stop us. My brothers and sisters, if Satan cannot scare you, he cannot stop you. Amen. We know that this storm was not from God. For every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from the Father of lights. It comes down from heaven, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You see, God doesn't say you're going to the other side and send the storm to test you. No, 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 no. We understand this. There are many things that arise for the word's sake in our life. Now, I want you to note what Jesus' posture was. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep, asleep on a pillow. That tells us he was not startled. He was not scared. He was in perfect peace and in perfect rest. This is the picture of rest. Now you and I have been given multiple words. And as we believe, the word of God says that we can enter into rest. How many believers do we have in the house? So believers who receive the word don't worry about the word coming to pass. They rest in the Lord. They put their confidence and trust in Him and they let go and let God move on their behalf. Say to me, I'm a believer and I'm entering into rest. Now don't get too restful right now. So how is he sleeping? He's sleeping well because he's not scared. I found the cure-all for sleeping good at night. And that is, don't go to sleep afraid. I mean, don't go watch big dinosaurs devour children and scary horror movies at 10 o'clock and come home at midnight and expect to get a good night's rest. Go to the matinee. Go to sleep. With your mind on Him. See, it's true. That we are to think on those things that are just and lovely and pure and of good report. We are to think on those things which are above, not on those things which are beneath. He will keep you and I in perfect peace if we will keep our mind stayed and set upon Him. Now notice verse 38. The last part of that verse says, the disciples said, don't you care that we're about to perish? So what are they questioning? They're questioning his great love and his great care for them. And this, my brothers and sisters, is how the enemy works. 
He wants us to question God's love for us. Don't you care? I mean, if you really cared, the money would have come by now. If you really cared, my daughter would have come back to you by now. If you really, really, really loved me, I wouldn't have got laid off. You know, the truth of the matter is, he may love you so much that he's got something better for you. Whoa! (laughs) Hallelujah! Amen! The truth of the matter is, is our Heavenly Father is not mad at you. He's mad about you. As a matter of fact, He loves you as much as He loves Jesus. And if you want a verse for that, look it up later, John 17, 23. And here's what 1 John says, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. You see, faith in God's love will absolutely put fear on the run. When you know that your Father loves you, it settles it in your spirit. That there is no good thing that He will withhold from you. Why wouldn't He heal your body since He already paid the price? Why wouldn't He meet your need seeing as how He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider? Somebody says, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Well, I've got news for you. There's a ram coming up in the mountain and, and there's a ram about to show up in your thicket. Amen? Woo! Glory to God. So keep your eyes on Him and meditate. I'm telling you, folks. Meditate upon how much He loves you. Say this with me. My Heavenly Father, He loves me. This has gotten Brenda and I through many, many of dark days and many of difficult times. We've looked at each other in the early years of our ministry, in the early years of our life, and we said, why wouldn't God meet our need? Why wouldn't He? He's faithful. We've been faithful. We trust Him. I love this verse of Scripture, which says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging for bread. Listen, if he saved you, why wouldn't he heal you? If he saved you, why wouldn't he prosper you? It's bought and paid for. But keep your mind on him. Don't try to measure yourself according to your actions and according to your life. Because sometimes in life we fail. We're not perfect. But I know this. He will perfect that which concerns us. You know, if our heart is right and our motives is right in life, if we'll just do our level best to walk with Him, even though sometimes we trip, even though sometimes we may fall, He's right there underneath with His everlasting arms to lift you up. And not only that, He has the ability to keep us from falling. Say it with me. My Father, He really loves me. I like it, don't you? Now notice verse 39. You guys listen so good. We may be done by 3.30. That was a polite laugh. Thank you. (laughs) Notice verse 39. And he arose. And he arose. So the storm arose. But he didn't just sit there. He arose. He arose. In other words, when things arise up against us, you and I must arise. We must do what God said in His Word to do. And He arose. And what did He do? He rebuked the wind. 
Are there some things that need to be rebuked in your life? I'm not talking about your husband or your wife. Are there some mountains that need to be removed? God's given you authority to rebuke those things. And he arose and rebuked the wind. And he said, he spoke to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And what was there? So mark this down. There was a great storm that had bad intentions. But when the Prince of Peace stood up and said, Peace be still, there was a greater calm. Amen? In other words, God has got a greater calm for every great storm that comes in your life if you'll rise up and be a doer of God's Word. Amen. Glory to God. Now notice with me in uh, verse 40. And he said unto them, I'm so glad you woke me up and don't try this at home. No, he didn't say that. He said, why are you so fearful and how is it that you have no faith? Now, it's obvious that they could have done better. Is that right? Was it reasonable for him to expect more out of them? Here's another question. Is it reasonable that he expects more out of us? You know, it's easy to look down on the disciples. We, we have to look in the mirror for ourselves. God's given us authority. How many of you have seen the Lord move in your life before? Were you blessed by Keith Hershey's videos of what's going on in the earth? He might have shown something about Beirut and different places like that. God's on the move. And you know something else? He's on the move right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I snuck out of the house for about an hour and a half last Sunday morning. I went to Lucky's to get ice. And then I went down to a church down the road. And I walked into their praise and worship session. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people worshiping and praising God. I'm so glad that God is so much bigger than Heart of the Bay. Amen? But on the other hand, I'm so glad for Heart of the Bay. Because we've seen Him move in the past. We're seeing Him move today. And we'll see Him move in the future. God's moving around the whole world. It's awesome. It's marvelous in our eyes. It's marvelous in His sight. Anybody ever seen God move on your behalf? The enemy will come along and say, Not this time, boy. Not this time. He did it yesterday. He did it last year. He did it ten years ago, but not today. How many of you know that that's a lie straight from the pit of hell? The truth of the matter is, is this. You've seen him do it in the past. You've seen him do it today. What makes us think that he'll not do it again? We sang that song, do it again. God's moving in your life. Even when you can't see it. Even when you can't sense it. The Lord is on the move in my life and in your life. Oh, hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. You know, as I said, Brenda was in the hospital for four days. She did the surgery on the 13th. And, and uh, you know, they like to get people out as soon as they can. But she had double knee surgery, not single. So Saturday came and went, and then Sunday came, and, 
in order to be discharged, you have to be able to get up on your own, on your walker. And uh, she was not able to do that because of low blood pressure. And when she would get up, the room would spin and she would feel very faint. And uh, Sunday afternoon, you know, we were kind of looking at each other and, and, uh, and she said, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have the double knee surgery. I said, we're not going there. We've had it. We've started it in faith and we are going to end this in faith. Amen. And she grabbed hold of it right away. But I tell you what, things began to turn Sunday night. I looked at her. She looked at me. I said, we're not going to have this. We're not going to have this anymore. I turned on praise and worship music. I'm telling you what, I may have looked like the Mad Hatter, but I was jumping. I was walking. We turned that hospital room in a hallelujah hallway. (laughs) The glory of God came into that room. And what the enemy meant for evil, God turned in a matter of moments around for the glory of God. Hallelujah! I'm telling you, the glory of God and the goodness of God and rejoicing in the Lord makes all the difference, especially when you don't feel like it. Monday, she began to get stronger and stronger. Tuesday, she's up on her own. Now she's at home going, she's really, really doing good. Everyone said, to God be the glory. Great things he has done and great things he is doing. Take that, devil. Not this time. Oh, yeah, buddy? You just hide and watch. God is moving in your life. He's moving in your life. He's moving in your family. And he's moving in the USA. Amen. And notice in verse 41, and the Bible says, And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey them? See, they went from little fear to greater fear. They had a little bit of fear, but then they started fearing big time. They got more scared. They were shaking in their boots. That did not please God. Here's the truth. You and I should have zero tolerance for fear. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. A person said many years ago that fear that is tolerated becomes faith that is contaminated. Oh, brothers and sisters, don't contaminate your faith by yielding to fear. Are you here? Now, I want to work with a couple of scriptures. How many of you give me a little bit more time today? I want us to look at a couple of scriptures. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Notice this with me. For God hath not. So here's some things that God has not done. God hath not given us the spirit of of fear if God gave us the spirit of fear the question I would have is where did he get it from he knows no fear he has no fear heaven's atmosphere is an atmosphere of love it's an atmosphere of faith and there's no fear in heaven 
And he prayed that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice this. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. No sense of hiding the fact that fear comes from an evil spirit. Amen? But what has he given us? Well, number one, he's given you a spirit of power. Number two, he's given you the spirit of love. Number three, he's given you a sound mind. Oh, that's good. I said, that's good. Fear is not natural to the born again believer. When you got born again, God didn't put a little faith in you and a little fear in you and leave it up to you to figure it out. No, when you got saved, when you got born again, God dealt to you the measure of mountain moving faith. There is no reason for you and I to fear. Why? Because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. I, don't need, I do not want in my life what God's not given me. In any fashion or form. Now, so we see that. Now look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And notice in verse 13. 2 Corinthians the 4th chapter. And the 13th verse. It says, we having... He's not given us the spirit of fear, but we have something else. We having the same spirit of what? So we don't have the spirit of fear, we have the spirit of faith. What is this spirit of faith? It is the same spirit of faith that David had when he took Goliath down. Just a ruddy little 17-year-old boy. A little 17-year-old boy. Goliath, a great big huge giant. David's attitude was this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Goliath was mocking him and mocking him and mocking him. And David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming after you, big boy, in the name of the Lord of hosts. He took that sling and he took that stone and went right into Goliath's head. The Bible says, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. That's the same spirit you and I have. We don't come against the giants of life with stones, but we've got the sword of the spirit. We've got the word of the living God. It's the same spirit of faith that the children of Israel had when they walked around Jericho's walls for seven days. It's the same spirit of faith that got in the shout on that seventh day. And they shouted, for the Lord has given you the victory. And the walls fell. You want to know how to fall the walls in your life? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the spirit of faith. For the spirit of faith, it is the spirit of victory. Glory to God. 
It's the same spirit of faith that Abraham had. When he left his home country, not knowing where he was going to go, he just stepped out in faith. And the Lord began to show him daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, his next step. He took steps of faith. It's the same spirit of faith that you were given at the new birth. Say with me, I have the spirit of faith. I have the measure of mountain moving faith. Woo, hallelujah. I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. If Satan cannot scare us, he cannot stop us. Now, there will be thoughts. There will be images. And there will be feelings of fear. Am I true? Am I right? But that's when we choose faith over fear. And that's when we do what 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says. So let's look at that verse. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the 4th and 5th verse. Ooh, hallelujah. Say it with me three times. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Now let's say it all together. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures One more time. For the Lord It is because of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. They're new every morning. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare. Anybody ever experienced spiritual warfare? Well, Pastor, you know, before I got born again, it seemed like everything was going all right and everything like that. But now that I'm born again, all hell broke loose. Duh! For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not carnal. But what are they? Through who? For what? The pulling down of what? Is not fear a stronghold? I mean, fear in all of its ways of fear, they are strongholds. But God's given us weapons to pull down those strongholds. Notice, here's how you do it. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations or images that are contrary to the Word of God. Okay? The enemy will show you images of failure and defeat. Right? But we are not to embrace those. We are to cast them down. Another word for cast down is slap it down. Slap it down. Casting down those images and every high thing that would try to take itself and put itself higher than the knowledge or the word of God and bringing into captivity what? Every what? Every thought to what? We could say it this way. Taking those images and those thoughts Satan's bring and bring them into captivity to the Word of God. In other words, these thoughts, these images are subject to God's Word. And when those things arise, we must arise and take our 
place. Read verse 5 with me again. Ready, read. Go ahead. Tony Cook says it this way, you're either casting down imaginations or imaginations are casting you down. You're either pulling down strongholds or strongholds are pulling you down. So here's here's the thought that I want to leave you with today. Here are the things that I want you to see. Number one, fear comes from the outside. Faith, however, is on the inside. So here's what we must do. We must let what's on the inside rise up and put what's on the outside on the run. Now, if we don't have anything on the inside to overcome what's coming against us on the outside, we'll be weak and depleted. But if we will let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly, if we will meditate in it day and night and night and day, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will begin to speak and your enemies will be scattered. Hallelujah. There's a verse in the book of Psalms, Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. Let's say that a few times. Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. One more time. Let God arise Let faith arise and all fear be scattered. Let love arise and all hatred be scattered. Let peace arise and all anxiety be scattered. Oh, glory to God. (laughs) But you've got to let it. It's one thing for Pastor Tom to come up here and preach. Pastor Nancy preach. Brother Keith. Brother Ricky. It's one thing for them to come up and preach and lift up their voice. But you've got a voice of your own. You've got a special voice. And I believe what the Spirit is saying is when you lift up your voice, faith arises. And faith is released. And creative power begins to move. And it moves every fear out of the way. Look at James chapter 4 and verse 7. I keep thinking about that song. Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you today to choose faith over fear. You can either yield to faith or you can yield to fear. It's all around. Fear is everywhere in this world. All you got to do is turn on the television and you'll either see lust, fear, or violence. It all comes from the pit of hell. It's everywhere. This world system is not designed to put anything into you. This world system is designed to take something out of you. I'm going to address this right now. Don't you dare think you don't measure up. Jesus has already measured you up by His blood and His covenant that He has given you. 
Don't you dare think that you're not good enough because the greater one lives in you and he is the all good one. He is the all righteous one and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't think for one moment that you're inadequate. Your sufficiency is of God. Don't let your past hold you down. Rise up, saints. Rise up, saints. Rise up. Let faith arise. Let go of the past. Stop looking in the rearview window. And keep your eyes on Jesus. For he is the author and the finisher of your faith. I know you've heard it before, but you'll hear it again. God loves you and he's got a great plan for you. So she says, yeah, but I failed this and I failed that. We serve the God of the second chance. We serve the God of the third chance. We serve the God of the fourth chance. Somebody says, yeah, but I've been divorced. Yeah, but God is merciful. Listen, folks, God is greater than any mistake we've ever made. If I had to pay for my mistakes, I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. If I had to pay for all that I was before I was born again, I would never ever be able to stand before you. But I thank God that the blood of Jesus has bought and paid for all of our sin and brought us into salvation. Don't you quit. Don't you give up on yourself. Don't you let go of your confidence. Trust in God. Let Him wrap His arms around you and let Him love you. And let him minister to you. God's not finished with you yet. I'm speaking prophetically today. God's not finished with you yet. For the one who began a good work in you, he is going to perform it. He is going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, this disease is in my body because of the past. Well, listen, my brothers and sisters, you serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can go into your past and heal your body and give you a bright future. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you give up. Just because you've attempted and you failed and you stubbed your toe. Yeah, maybe you didn't hear right. Maybe you didn't hear the exact direction. But don't you give up. You develop a listening ear. You live life without fear. And you face your future with faith, knowing that God is going before you and making a way where there is no way. Be encouraged today. The Lord is on your side. Therefore, I will not fear. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness, saith the Lord. Somebody says, but I'm going through some things. That's right. You're going through. You're going to the other side. You're going to the other side. Even though you walk through the fire. Hallelujah. It'll not harm you. Even though the floods arise, you're going to make it to the other side. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let's say that three times. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. 
Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. One more time. Let God arise. This comes up in my spirit. Don't look to others to do for you what Christ has already done. Did you get that? He's already redeemed you. He's already saved you. He's already sanctified you. He's already healed you. He's already done. He's already bought and paid the price. You see, I believe this. All of us, including Pastor Mark, all of us need to be more confident, not in ourselves, but we need to be more confident in this great God who lives on the inside of us. This is the cure, my friends, for condemnation, is knowing who you are in Christ and then verbalizing it daily. Things like this, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I come behind in no good thing. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to let the past go. And I'm going to get into the divine flow of His Spirit and of His power. Spirit of fear, spirit of faith. Let's choose faith over fear. And when fears come, immediately go into the resisting mode. I mean, when fear comes 300 yards away, you ought to be able to sense it and smell it and put your shield of faith up and resist it in Jesus' name. But not only resist it, replace it with God's Word. And then out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. I hope you got something out of this message today. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for encouragement. Thank you for life. Thank you for freedom from every fear. I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord. I put him first. I've sought him first. And he has delivered me from every fear. Oh Lord, this week, all week, we purpose in our heart to seek you, to spend time over in the presence of God so that the power of God may permeate our very beings and put fears on the run. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask the singers to come just for a moment this morning. This wasn't a long word, but this was a good word. This was an encouraging word to you.